welcome to another episode of Call It in the Ring. And tonight I am Jordan, and I am joined here with somebody you haven't heard in a while. Best friend Ryan. How you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing good. How's everybody else doing? That's that's not your Oh, you you want me to do the the traditional uh greeting? I'm like I'm a like I'm a puppet. Like I'm a monkey. I mean, like that's you want me to dance of... for you? Absolutely, I want you to fucking dance. That's your god. All right, lead me in, bro. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to this most recent episode of Call It in the Ring. I am Jordan. I'm joined here with best friend Ryan. Hello, everybody. There we go. I'm going to keep what we just recorded previously in there just for funds. Okay. So, you know. So, uh, Ed is not joining us tonight here. Traditionally, you hear Ed and I talk about everything wrestling. Ed cannot make it tonight, so we figured we'd call on best friend Ryan to talk about everything of the WWE slash WWF draft and also turn it into the Superstar Shakeup. We're going to talk about the first one, all the ones in between, leading up to this most recent Superstar Shakeup of 2019. Uh, so, Ryan, the draft. Let's not get into the history of it or anything like right now. What do you think of the idea of the draft? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's stupid? I mean, or what do you think? It, I mean, it's a smart it's a smart thing to do because it, it creates intrigue. Uh, it, it, it has a built-in anticipation because the audience isn't going to know where the people they like are going to end up. Um, you know, there's always surprises and always twists and what whatnot. But it also, the, the purpose it really serves is to freshen up the shows so you have new faces, like, uh, like new people facing off against one another instead of just having the same people over and over and over and over again. It allows for um, like the undercard performers to get a shine if for a little while uh, or like an opportunity to prove what they can do. Like if you take like the best example uh, and the worst example is Jinder Mahal in 2017. He got uh, in that superstar shakeup. He went from Raw to SmackDown, and a month later he was WWE champion. You know, on Raw he would have never been been there. And look at him now on Raw. He's nothing. He's not. He's nowhere now. Yeah, he's the. That's the WWE not admitting their mistake, just brushing it under the rug, Persian rug, if you will. Oh. And he's also Canadian. That's true. He is Canadian. So you got that to go with it. Also, you don't like his nipples. Well, they're they're weird. They're really puffy, but they're not puffy. It's strange. I can't really describe it. Um, but I I, I looked it up, and that's yeah, I looked it up, and that's one of, that's that's a side effect of steroids. If you use if you use anabolic steroids, I'm not saying he does. I'm just saying he has a feature that could be attributable to a thing. Don't talk about steroids in WWE. Vince Man will kill you. Like, I look oh. like I have diabetes, but I do not. Just saying you, I have symptoms attributable to diabetes. Hmm. Gotcha. Well, I mean, back in the day, before there was a superstar shakeup or a draft, you know, every Monday night was Raw, every Thursday night was SmackDown, and then they had Sunday night heat, sometimes leading up to the pay-per-view that Sunday. The superstars were on both shows. but. We know why 
I see. Now, this is the thing, though, is that do we know 100% why they do the draft in 2002, the first draft? Is it just because the WCW-ECW merger and they had all these superstars, they needed to split them up? Why couldn't they just put them on the card like they did before, like all of them go on Raw and SmackDown together? You have all these people you're paying money to, and, you know, you you want to create as many recognizable faces or put as many recognizable faces on the shows as you can. But if you have the same five people in the main event, the same five people competing for the upper card, the mid card title, and the same five teams com- competing for the tag team title across two shows every week, it's going to get you're you're gonna you're gonna be paying people that you're not using. You know what I mean? Like, this is before the WWE became this big worldwide brand where they get money even even if they're awful. You know what I'm saying? Well, see, the thing I don't understand is that why even have two shows? I mean, we talked about this in our archives and called it the ring with WCW, but uh, WCW came up with Thunder first on Thursday nights with the blue-white color... And then after Thunder aired, then SmackDown aired, which has the same exact color scheme. So, And Eric Bischoff has famously said that he knew that having two shows would just destroy the brand. So why do they want to have two shows? Can't they just have Monday Night Raw and deal with it? Well, because you got to keep up with your competition, right? If your chief competition is saying that we have enough content for two shows... That is that is an audience share that you may you may feel like you're losing out on or some revenue that they're going to earn away from you. So you have the other show so you can compete on an even playing ground. That's really I, I mean, that's why I think that's the only reason they did it, especially putting it on Thursday is like a because Monday night Monday Nitro is, was a big, you know, kind of fuck you. We don't care how pot like we don't care how big you are sort of thing. So. Uh, that I just feel like that's their equal measures. Like, oh, you want to add another one? We're gonna put it on the same fucking night, guys. Okay. All right. Fine. Fair enough. So, let's talk about the first draft. Okay. So the first draft really much kicked off the day after Survivor Series in 2001. Now, in July that year, we had the Invasion pay per view, which you had WWF versus ECW and WCW, hence the Alliance. Uh, Ryan, do you remember who won that pay-per-view? Who won the Invasion? Or yeah. the Survivor Series? Invasion. The Invasion was won by the Alliance because Stone the Cold Alliance. turned. So then November comes around. We're going to have Survivor Series. It's going to be winner take all in a rematch, if you will, of the Invasion angle. And Kurt Angle was supposed to be on the side of WCW, but he changed sides and went to WWF. It was all a ploy for Vince McMahon to win. So then Monday Night Raw, the day after Survivor Series, the first person that Vince McMahon fires is Paul Heyman. God bless Paul Heyman. I miss Paul Heyman. I wish he was back, don't you? I mean, he is back. I mean, he's He's not. He's the advocate for for Brock Lesnar. He's the advocate. yeah, Brock Lesnar's not coming back, Ryan. He's done. No, well, no, I'm saying like, well, I mean, Paul Heyman will come back even if Brock's not there. Paul Heyman was was uh, representing wrestlers even when Brock Lesnar was gone. 
I don't think we'll ever. I, as long as uh, Paul Heyman is breathing, he will be. He will probably be working with the WWE in some capacity. Yes, I agree. So he doesn't actually fire Paul Heyman in real life, but for the sake of storyline, he does. Uh, later on in March, after WrestleMania, when we had the Icon versus Icon match, the Rock versus Hulk Hogan, which you can listen to our archives, we get Vince McMahon coming out, gloating, doing his thing, blah, 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 blah. And Ric Flair comes out and says that you and I are actually partners. Now, I actually just got, I just actually just fact checked myself. Ric Flair came out Monday after the Survivor Series pay per view. That was my fault. So, do you remember that storyline? Yeah. Yeah. They are. Um, uh, Ric Flair was in charge of a consortium that purchased the controlling shares of WCW and ECW from. McMahon's so when uh Mr. McMahon won uh he actually absorbed uh the the consortium so they were both co-owners of the WWF so I just fact-checked myself that's what happened after Survivor Series we get WrestleMania 18 and then after WrestleMania 18 we're going to get our first overall draft which weird by the way Vince McMahon runs Smackdown and Ric Flair runs Raw. You think that would be verse, uh, vice versa there, don't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, logically, you would think Vince McMahon would want to would be the one in charge of Raw, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it does seem a little counterintuitive. Maybe they wanted to make SmackDown a bigger brand. They've been trying to do that for years now that SmackDown's going to be uh, on Fox here soon, coming in October. But... So Vince McMahon... On March 25th, 2002, on an episode of Raw, he won a coin toss to determine who will receive the first overall selection. And so, therefore, Vince McMahon gets the first overall pick, which means SmackDown gets the first overall pick. Ryan, do you know who the first overall pick was for the first ever 2002 WWF draft? Um, Not off the top of my head, but I'm going to venture a guess uh, that it is... I'm gonna say is either it was either Triple H because he was champion or it was The Rock because he was a Hollywood guy. It was The Rock. Rock Boom. was the first overall pick. So then we All got right. then we got Ric Flair coming out. We're going over just the ten of them here, folks. Raw comes out with their first overall pick, and it was The Undertaker. So The Rock and Undertaker are both gone, and then SmackDown comes back, and we got Kurt Angle. Now, what do you think of so, Kurt Angle and The Rock going to SmackDown there? Go ahead, please. What was your question? Well, I said a question because there's, par- there's a parallel to the 2016 draft. Uh, so they, they not no one took the reigning champion of the company as the number one pick on their brand? No. No, The Rock was the first overall pick on SmackDown and the Raw had Undertaker. Okay. Interesting, right? Yeah, and they took and they took Kurt Angle. You said they took Kurt. Uh, the the next pick, SmackDown second pick was Kurt Angle. Okay. How about this? We're only going to talk about the ten, the the top ten picks. Uh, Triple H was not picked until. See if I can see him here. 
Triple H wasn't even picked in the top ten. Really? When did this? When was no. the? Uh, when was the show? March twenty fifth of two thousand two. March twenty fifth. So that was before. That was before WrestleMania. So he wasn't champion then. Also, it was before Mania. Uh, I mean, Mania happens at the beginning of April. What well, says right here is it's it says okay. Well, let's get into the top ten and then we'll go to what what happens. Oh, like I know why. I know why they couldn't they couldn't take him because he was undisputed. He has to go to both shows to compete. That's yes. why. That's why. All right. Yeah, because it's uh, well, let's go that right now. Uh, Triple H was the undisputed WWE champion and could on, and could appear on each on each show, but after losing the title, he rejoined the SmackDown brand. So All Triple right. H goes to SmackDown. Um, number three, like I said, was uh, Kurt Angle. Uh, Raw's. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry. Uh, that was Kurt, uh, SmackDown's number two pick. Uh, Raw's number two pick was NWO, but it was Kevin Nash, X Pac, and Scott Hall. Because Hulk Hogan was gone. So this oh, was after WrestleMania. Gone. No, no. This was. This was. Man, this is confusing. When was WrestleMania? That's something we need to figure out, guys. WrestleMania 18 was March 20, March 17th. So this was was early. That's early, man. March 17th was Mania. So this was after Mania. And Hulk Hogan was not a part of the NWO at that time. So the second overall pick to Raw was Kevin Nash, X Pac, and Scott Hall. Not a very good pick. Ric Flair is not picking right. Well, I mean, he took the Undertaker. That's a that's a home run right there. But this not... is when he was still his his American his American badass gimmick. Which you hate that gimmick. I don't like that gimmick. You I think it's like ridiculous. Uh, the third overall pick for SmackDown was Chris Benoit. Good pick. That was a, that's a, uh, that's the... one of those future investments. Picks. That's the Finn yeah. Balor pick. Yeah, I, you could say that. This one surprises me. Raw's third overall pick was Kane. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the time, I, I mean, I wouldn't. I would venture to guess that's a pretty good pick. Kane was. Uh, I mean, dude was stacked at that point. I don't even remember. He had veins on veins. Uh, yeah, no. And he was always. I mean, I always thought he was. I've always been a fan of Kane. Uh, since I when I was younger. I mean. I'll openly admit I was scared shitless when he uh, debuted at the Hell in a Cell match. Who wasn't afraid of him? Like, I, don't, I don't think I've ever gotten over that moment with him. Right? Uh, he's yeah. yeah. Um, SmackDown comes in at their fourth overall pick with Hulk Hogan. So just you look at SmackDown real quick. SmackDown got The Rock. They got Kurt Angle. They got Chris Benoit, and now they got Hulk Hogan. That's pretty solid four. Raw's getting the Undertaker, NWO, and Kane. It, all they all they got right now is Kane and Undertaker. NWO is. I mean, I, I mean you got to remember though, at this point, and NWO had only been in the WWE since fe- what February, right after the Rumble. They premiered at a pay per view. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep. 
So I mean, uh, I mean, well, they're the number- still they're still getting their feet, and they still got that that goodwill from the WCW, you know, as a brand, the NWO brand. So on paper, uh, knowing what we know now, not 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 the greatest pick, but on paper, then uh, probably a good pick. Well, I'm just trying to say that it seems like SmackDown is is getting its fair share of, of really good uh really good superstars because the fourth pick for Raw at that time was the WWF Intercontinental Champion Rob Van Dam. Again, good which pick. made the title I agree. which made the title only exclusive to Raw. Number uh SmackDown's fifth overall pick was Billy Gunn and Chuck. Billy and Chuck. So that means that the WWE tag team titles was only exclusive to SmackDown. Oh, and also their manager Rico went along with them. Are you ever going to talk to me about your feelings about Billy and Chuck and their clearly homosexual um, subplot there? Uh, Well, I mean, I didn't have any. I, I mean, I didn't like I've never found Billy Gunn to be an interesting wrestler or character i've never gotten behind like i've never bought into his gimmicks whatever they may be even when he was a part of degeneration x i was never i was was never a fan of was i was never a fan of road dog either i think i don't know there's just not there's not much to them like road dog can talk that's fine the road dog's not a good like he's not a great wrestler he's not an interesting wrestler and neither is is billy gunn uh so i mean i was I was not really invested in the whole are they or aren't they situation. I did think that the um, the wedding ceremony episode they had on SmackDown was hysterical. Um, yeah, I remember I remember watching that live because I was wondering if they were going to kiss. Like I was wondering if they were going to actually go through with it, and they didn't. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think Vince McMahon would do that. Uh, well, let's go back to Raw was Booker T. What do you think of that pick? Uh, Well, I mean, at the time, I mean, good pick. I like Booker T. I like him. I mean, I like most of the people that we're going to see on this list, to be honest with you. Uh, well, we got Edge going at number six on SmackDown. We had Big Show going at number six. got a lot of big guys. Rikishi goes in number seven on SmackDown. Uh, Bubba Ray goes number seven on Raw. Devon goes number eight on SmackDown. So that was a big um, splitting up of the uh, of the of the, the tag boys. Teams yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, up. I don't know. I don't know how many tag teams were separated, but I mean, I, that at least shows that, like, it instills the concept that this this whole thing's unpredictable, right? You can't. You're not going to be able to know what we're doing, where anyone's going. You by you're you're breaking up these two people throughout their whole career that have been synonymous with one another, and you put them on different brands. Now it failed, failed miserably. But you got to experiment, or else things just get stale. Well, they did, well they did not experiment with this one because we got Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman going in on Raw number eight. Well, hey, you got you also got to remember this is Brock Lesnar debuted the night after after WrestleMania, so him getting you know, shot up already to be in picked on the live broadcast shows that they had a lot of faith that he was going to get over and he was going to be important. And for two years, I mean, he, he was, he, what SummerSlam is when he won his championship for the first time. Yeah. 
I'm not a Lesnar fan. We can talk about him, but I, I just. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just, oh. I'm just adding my two cents on the pick. I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's a smart pick. Well, Mark Henry's SmackDown's ninth pick. Willem Regal is Raw's ninth pick, and then which makes, since William Regal was the European champion, that makes the European title exclusively to Raw. And the last two picks was SmackDown gets Maven. Remember Maven for season? Tough enough, yeah. Maven was the WWF Hardcore Champion, making the title exclusive to SmackDown. But Raven defeated Maven for the championship parade. And therefore, Raven brought the title back to Raw. And Lita was Raw's 10th overall pick. If anybody else is interested in checking out the picks... Just go ahead and Google the 2002 WWF draft lottery. You can see all the picks. But what did what did Raw get as a title? They get the champion for both shows. They, they get, get Intercontinental, Intercontinental. European. And Hardcore. Yes. Uh, SmackDown gets the uh, Undisputed Championship. They get... The well, SmackDown stack. doesn't get the undisputed. That that goes across both shows. That's I think the women's title, that. title women's title goes across both shows too. If I'm correct, it is. So I was just saying for the sake of saying. Uh, but the titles that SmackDown gets is the tag team championship and the cruiserweight championship. That's okay. it. So I wonder how long so was it before. Good. How long was it before they reintroduced the um, United States Championship? That was you until know? what? That was until like Cena came back, like when Cena was like huge and everything, right? That's that's when they instituted the second. I uh, believe so. Uh, but I can check title. that out. Uh-huh. So do you know how? You know how when the NFL they have the draft, right, Ryan? And they always yeah. have the top picks and everything, but they also have a title called Mr. Irrelevant. Do you know what Mr. Irrelevant is? The very last pick of the draft. The very, very last pick. So I'm just going to tell you for the shits and giggles for all the fans. The very last pick for the 2002 WWF draft was Perry Saturn. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't long for the, the company after that. Anyways, right? I think he was out before. Was he out before 2003? He was, I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, he's from Cleveland. Anyway. Um, but uh, Triple H, like I said, was undisputed. Uh, Chris Jericho had a match for the title the night before the, the night of the draft. So he joined SmackDown. Stephanie joined SmackDown and Stone Cold Steve Austin was considered a free agent for some reason and he was drafted to Raw. Yeah. Uh Stone Cold had some like weird clause in his contract about if the roster was ever officially split cuz they used to do like um they used to split the rosters up for the house show circuit certain people would go certain you know certain shows and perform mm-hmm. Um, and there was some in his, there was some some weird thing in his contract that that if the brand, if the roster was ever officially split he would he would get something I don't I don't remember exactly what it was. So what do you what do you think of the first overall draft? Do you think that was successful? Did you like kind of what they were doing with it? 
Hey, yeah, no, I mean, I like, I like the concept. I think, like, even even then, I liked it because it, it created intrigue into what are they going to do now? How are things going to be different? Who are, who are we going to see on TV on any given day and things like that? Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I I remember being uh, excited about it. You know, like like making sure I tuned in to see who was getting picked because I I you know I'm 12 at this point. I'm treating it like it's a, a real thing that these people don't know where they're going, that, and, you know, everything's up in the air. Yeah, I mean, I think it was successful. You created, uh, I mean, in the aftermath of it, you you create, I mean, at least one big new star in Brock Lesnar. Um, I mean, well, that's really all I remember. Oh, oh, no, yeah, they used The Undertaker shortly after that, because what, Triple H has the title for a month? Or two, and then he loses to Hogan, who a month later loses it to the Undertaker. And I remember them using the Undertaker um, in a couple instances to put over younger guys. Like I remember the ladder match they had with uh, he had with on TV with Jeff Hardy in July of uh, 2002. Yeah, so I mean, it like I said, it creates new opportunities, it creates new opportunities for um, wrestlers we don't normally get to see. Well, then they change it. Which this is what I don't like. So they call it the draft. So they have the draft in 2002. They do nothing in 2003. But in 2004, on March 22nd in Detroit, Michigan, they do the second draft. And they call it a draft, but it's not, Ryan. This is a superstar shakeup. They would have wrestlers from Rum Brand being traded to another brand or just be placed to another brand. So th- this is my two cents, and I, I I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not, but I don't like the superstar shakeup style at all. What I think they should do is say, okay, so we'll do our first draft, right? And everybody is signed to a, whatever, two-year agreement, right? After that two-year agreement is up, you are now a free agent and you can go to either or. So what I'm trying to say is that every year we have the top 20 people and they can either stay or go. But those 20 people, out of those 20 people, they're going to go somewhere. What do you think of that idea besides this just random bullshit? Um, I mean, I don't quite... I don't quite get what you're trying to say. Like these, you you have twenty people, so ten people from each brand. Yes. And then those people, well, try to explain it to me again one more time. So Vince McMahon would come out and say, "Here are the ten people from Raw. Here are the ten people from SmackDown. These people are going to either stay or go to another brand." But out of all the wrestlers we have, these are the 20 that are going to go. Because, okay. as an ex- because as an example, uh, 2004's draft, the first overall pick or the first switch was Rene Dupree coming from Raw to SmackDown. It was like just somebody said, Rene Dupree's a putz. Let's put him on SmackDown. You know what I mean? There's no like... Oh my God, my favorite wrestler's in the top 20. 
He's either going to go or stay. What's going to happen? It's just random now. You see what I'm saying? Okay, I got you. Well, I mean, that also creates intrigue, though, right? You want to... You don't you want to save like a big, uh, a big reveal for for the final hour? Or, um, did they just do this on Raw? Or they just did they do it across both shows? Both shows. They did. Well, no. Did they did they have the lottery draft on Raw or Raw and SmackDown across two shows? No, no. It was it was like it was in two thousand two. So it was just the one show. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, you, you want to save, like, a big reveal, right? So, I mean, putting Rene Dupree, trading Rene Dupree or whatever, uh, that really makes sense. But, I mean, the lottery system also makes it seem like, again, everything's up in the air. You don't know what, where, who is going where, and it creates the, it already has this built-in level of intrigue. Um, I think, I mean, I like your idea. I think it kind of uh, needs some rejiggering. Like, I would say, you know, the general manager's, uh, commissioners, whatever they were called at the time, you get two. You get to keep two people. And that's it. Everyone else is eligible. So you have to decide who these top two people. Do you want to keep? Do you want to keep your top champion and your top female champion? Do you want to keep two people? You know, like is is your champion currently a heel and you you don't get along, so you're fine with them uh, letting them go? There's a storyline built in where you're where you are at odds with your champ uh, with your reigning champion. They're a bad guy, but you understand the value that they present to your brand and the one that you have to make sure is more successful than the other one. So you you stand up for what's right and what's best, and you decide that they're safe, even though you're not getting along. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. I actually like that idea. They just need to do something because getting into this year's shakeup, it was random. Like uh, I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you a gripe. I like The Miz just because I remember watching him as Mike from the real world in 2000 when they went to New York. And he said he loved wrestling during that reality show, so it's just fun to see him here, right? Okay. Because when I first got back into wrestling, because when you first got me back into wrestling two years ago, I didn't know the motherfucker wrestled. So when I first saw him, I was like, oh, this guy was on, oh, this is fun, right? So what pisses me off is that Miz was on Raw. Then he got put to SmackDown last year. He ended the a very interesting feud, in my opinion, with Shane. And then once the WrestleMania match is over with, Miz goes back to Raw now. And that storyline is over with. Yeah, I know that sucks. That's what I'm trying to get at, is that that's what sucks. Is that there's no reason for that. Now, if you want to switch them up, have one superstar, then I mean like one superstar, one male, one female, and have those be like the big ones, and the other ones be the B players. Maybe the B player, like a Jinder Mahal, would be more successful on a SmackDown than a Raw. And he was. Well, well, I mean, you have... I mean, when you look at who was switched, you you really only had like one unquestionable main event guy switched between both shows, right? AJ Styles and Roman Reigns? Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, guess Finn if Balor, you want to... 
I guess if you include Finn Balor, but I mean, he hasn't really been a, like a top guy since he got injured in 2016. Like he's wrestled for the title, like the top title, but that doesn't mean that he is a top guy, you know, like Jinder Mahal. No one's ever going to view him as a top guy, but he was champion for six months. You know what I'm saying? He was. He was the champion when I got back into wrestling with you, and I was getting ready to turn it off halfway through because I was so annoyed with him as a fucking wrestler. Yeah. But, like, I mean, if you if if you look at... Because I don't remember who every... I don't remember everyone that was, that was transferred over that was switched between brands, but, I mean, to what I can remember... That's how that's how it seemed to me is like you had two bona fide main eventers trade shows and then you had a, a bunch of upper mid card people then a lot and a lot of like it was evenly placed between upper mid uh, upper card um, low uh, mid card and low card guys um, the women's a different story um, for this year the SmackDown got way better in the women's trades but I think that yeah. You have two bona fide main eventers, and the rest are upper mid Carter at best. Well, this is I'm not gonna do all of them because there was 15 traded to Raw and 13 going to SmackDown, but these were the big ones that went from SmackDown to Raw. You had The Miz, you had Ricochet, Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio. This is a big one because they've been on SmackDown forever. The Usos are now on Raw. And also, Naomi has always been a SmackDown chick, and now she's on Raw. And uh, Lars Sullivan and AJ Styles. Those are some pretty big names, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you switch, you switch in AJ Styles, The Miz, The Usos, uh, and Ricochet, Aleister Black, and Naomi. Yes, those are all. Uh, well, sorry. <laughs> you switched AJ Styles, The Miz, Usos, Naomi. Those are big SmackDown names. They've been associated with them since the 2016 draft. They've all, they've all, they've all reached the top of the mountain of their respective divisions on SmackDown, right? And then switching from Raw to SmackDown, what? Roman Reigns, Finn, Finn Balor, Balor, Ember mm-hmm. Moon, Bailey. Bailey. Um, Bailey is on SmackDown. Elias is on SmackDown. Roman Reigns and I love her. It means nothing to anybody else, but Liv Morgan, I love her, and uh, also Mickey James. Okay, so I mean, Mickey James at this point is just, uh, she's a uh, one of those gatekeeper veterans who she's not going to win a title again. You know, she's she's just going to be there to have good matches and, and fill time. Um, which, you know, that's that's what she's got, you know, this far into her career. And she's still good. I still like her. Um, but, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a, 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 as much as I hate to say it, kind of a no-name pick because it's kind of there to, to, to add depth to the roster, if you if you will. Um, but Well, I'm upset about Liv Morgan, man. They're going to ruin up my team, the Riot Squad. I'll be honest with you. See, this is part of the thing that I, I like about uh, switching, switching in it, uh, the the superstar shakeup, and the the reason they do this is to create new matchups and 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 push people that they would that would not have normally been pushed on their shows. Maybe either the roster's too big, there's too much, like their their attention is elsewhere, and things like that. 
I'm actually kind of glad they they broke up with the Riot Squad. I kind of wish Ruby Riot had gone to SmackDown and, uh, by herself instead of Liv. But I think Liv Morgan uh, has a lot of upside in terms of what they can do with her. I, I hope that they don't just move her there to be a body on the roster because they need someone who always gets pinned. Because like who you know if you look at the bigger picture of it, who do they have on SmackDown? They have they have Bailey, they have Ember Moon, uh, Charlotte. Well, this is what I'm gonna hold on. Carmella. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Asuka? you I'm gonna tell you exactly who they have. They have Oscar Bailey, Sane now? Becky Lynch, Carmella, Charlotte, Ember Moon, Kari Sane. They have uh, Mandy Rose, Sony, uh, Sonya Deville. Deville. Tamina, Tamina's now on SmackDown. Tamina's now on SmackDown. Wow. Yep, it's on. It's on the. Yeah, Tamina's on SmackDown. So Liv Morgan is not going to have a chance. She's never ever going to beat Charlotte. She may have some fun matches with Kari Sane, but they're saying that Kari Sane is going to be in a tag team with Asuka. Oh, well, she is in a tag team. That's already yeah. That's already a thing. So then, Liv Morgan's first matchup could be against Mandy Rose. Could be. Well, the thing is, right, the, they're going to push Mandy Rose because she's hot and she's blonde, right? And she's got the, the, the tough the tough guy with uh, Sonya Deville. Now, until they, they until they split them up, that's probably the what they're going to run with, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, Mandy Rose, is, she is not going to be... She's going to be a, a mid uh, or an upper card for the women's division on SmackDown. Asuka and Kyrie saying they're going to be preoccupied with tag team. Um, so that kind of so the people I see being the enhancement talent, uh, uh, as you will, the people who are there just to make the other guy look good, are probably going to be Tamina, Carmella, and Liv, or Tamina, Mickey James, Liv Morgan, maybe Carmella, because Carmella could be either or. She could get a push. She could win a bunch of matches, and nobody's bad an eye. She could lose a bunch of matches. Nobody would bad an eye. She's kind of just there at this point. Yeah, I know it sucked because I had such a good time when she was the actual champion. Well, I mean, I didn't because what they what they did to Asuka to try to get her over, but you know, it's it's what it is. It's in the past, they're probably never gonna they're probably never gonna see Asuka the way a lot of people see Asuka. I don't know how you feel about Asuka. I think she's phenomenal, and I feel like she, as much as I hate to say it, she you know, for a scripted show, but she deserves better. I think. Well, let's see what you can do with Kari Sane because I feel that they're going to definitely go after the uh, what um, is the Iconics on Raw or SmackDown? Oh, they go both. They go to they go to Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. At least they're supposed to. But I mean, I don't know if those women's championships are worth fighting over anymore. Yeah, tell me about that before we close out the show. How do you feel about that? Since you just brought that up, about like who the champions are, or about the tag titles. Yeah. Know about the champions and also the tag titles. So like, what do you? What well, do you I think mean? I think it's a good idea, right? I think the a women's tag team because if you want to push that, the concept of of uh, revolution becomes evolution. So you know they they are now prominently featured on the shows. They are marquee matchups on the shows. They main evented WrestleMania. They've they've had their own pay per view. They've been in every match type just about that uh, that the male counterparts on the roster have so i mean short of introducing a mid-card women's uh, singles title which just which doesn't make sense um you introduce the tag titles because that that gives other um other female wrestlers on the show something to chase after instead of just waiting their turn and constantly squabbling over the opportunity to get a shot at the championship 
on their respective respect respective brand. However, I don't think that you can have um, your your the, the I don't think you can have the Iconics win at WrestleMania. Uh, two pay per views removed from the titles being won in their initial bout by Bailey and Sasha. Bailey and Sasha having a match at a following at the the pay-per-view in between fast lane where the match ends in disqualification after I do believe less than five minutes. And then they drop the titles uh, at WrestleMania for the Iconics to not have won a single match since WrestleMania. They have, they have lost two tag matches on Raw and SmackDown uh, and they have lost each a singles matchup on Raw and SmackDown these past two weeks, four shows, four matches, four losses it is not a way to build those titles up as being worth something because the people, because so the people you probably, you probably agree with Sasha Banks wanted to quit then. Well, I mean, it's, it's her prerogative to want to quit. I think if, you know, you feel like you're being stifled and you're being lied to by your, by management, I can understand you being upset. You know, if she wants to quit over it, I mean, I'm, that's, that's her life, man. There are, I, I, I would hope her the best. She might go. She probably would go to AEW because she's still a big, like a big money draw in some some respects. But I mean, it is kind of shitty that they told, you know, Sasha and Bailey that they're going to get these long reigns with the titles to establish them as as something of value and just to get you know the night or the day of WrestleMania to be told, oh hey, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna drop your titles so we can split you up. And especially loose the iconics, like who the well, fuck? See, I mean, Rupe, I don't I mean, mind. Ugh. I don't. I don't mind the iconics being champions. I actually like the iconics. Uh, I like their shtick. I think they're annoying and it's wonderful. But you have to make them. You have to make them seem strong, like they can beat people. You know, they can't just. It's it's like what they did um, with the Raw tag team titles, where. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins just kind of got in the match. They got a match at WrestleMania and they won uh, by a, like a, a quick roll-up pin. The next night they won by a quick roll-up pin. Um, they did the same storyline with the B team where they kept beating the Revival last year by these fluke these fluke happenings, you know? And it's not a way to build up your title as something strong. If, if people who can't win on their own merit, um, if they're good guys... Like how do you expect how do you expect anyone to buy in that they can beat anyone? Like Kofi, right. Kofi Kingston's reign is super interesting to me because he's always going to be the underdog. You don't know if he's going to win, right? But you care about it because he has because they they've kept him strong going into WrestleMania. He won. He he lasted over an hour in a gauntlet. He came in second at the Elimination Chamber. He won another gauntlet. You know. He got beat up along the way, but he's still like he was still strong. And since he's won the title, he hasn't lost a singles or attack match yet. That's a way to keep him strong, you know. Like he can lose here and there, but to lose every match is just—it's just weird. Not a good champion. I agree. I agree. Well, everybody, that concludes our discussion of what our opinions are of the first ever WWE draft and also the ending of the Superstar Shakeup. We hope you enjoy this episode of Called in the Ring. And make sure to check us out at movieguyspodcast.com, movieguyspodcast.podbean.com, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Just search for Movie Guys Podcast. Thank you so much, best friend Ryan, for joining me. 
And we'll be back in two more weeks for another awesome episode for Call to the Ring. Have a good night. Good night, everybody.